tight ends. There are many, or there aren't quite as great, there's not quite as many great tight ends in this league. And we're going to rank the teams with the best tight ends. Although, before, before we start, I'd like to ask everybody that's watching this video, do you have a tight end? Because if you do, I knew good you for you. Do that. I Someone had you. to. Someone had to. Yeah. Know. No. Well, let's just quickly get right into it. Um, yeah. uh, so there are, the tight there end, are three top. More than there are three other top position. tight ends. There are three top tight ends in the NFL. That's not really up for debate. Yeah, that's it's, that's really uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's this posi- like this position more at least this list more than any of them were the rankings were more driven on one. Uh, one tight end as opposed to the combination just because some, the wide receivers that are good in this league are great. Like, they're elite. Yeah, so our I mean, top fives are uh, the exact same as you, as you can tell. We have the Bucks at one because yeah. they have Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, who's a very good blocking tight end but can also catch passes. The Chiefs, two. 49ers at three. Eagles, four. Browns at five. Pretty much the same. Yeah. The, and the then old- even at six... Our top sevens are exactly the same, just uh, in terms of placement. They, they differ very slightly towards the end. But that being said, the list in terms of teams are exactly the same. So that, that tells you something. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, I just kind of covered it. The, the Buccaneers have criminally underused O.J. Howard. He is a great yeah. pass-catching tight end. And I don't think they're going to use him well this year, to be honest, with Rob Gronkowski here. I just don't think There's that no OJ is optimized, which sucks. But hopefully that means that the the Buccaneers will think that he's trash. They won't pick up his his fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick, and they'll let him go to a team that will optimize him. That's the hope. Because mm-hmm. I want to see this guy play. Yeah. I get, uh, yeah. No, it's, it's really too bad. Um Especially because I do think with Tom Brady now almost essentially running the team, uh, Gronk's going to be getting majority of the looks, especially in the red zone, with him being one of the most reliable red zone targets in the league. Agreed. And with Gronk taking a full year off, he's going to be a nightmare matchup. But speaking of of nightmare matchups, we're getting into Travis Kelsey and George Kittle at number two and number three. Uh, Most people are putting George Kittle a little bit above Travis Kelsey. Uh, I personally have them basically the same, if not Kittle, a little bit higher, just because yeah, he is yeah. younger and has that higher upside. They're basically indifferent, like they're. Mm-hmm. But Ricky Seals Jones, like they're, they're in, in Kansas City, and he's had he's been a starter before, and the 49ers don't really have that depth there, so the Chiefs have to get that edge for me, just because mm-hmm. they have more blocking tight ends in case they want to run. Yeah, again, I agree for sure. And uh, this isn't uh, part of the decision for me wasn't really on Travis Kelsey or uh, uh, George Kittle, rather. But uh, part of me um, thinks that uh, George Kittle is going to have a bit, not Kittle, uh, Kelsey's going to have a bit of a better year having Patrick Mahomes throw to him rather than Jimmy G throwing to George Kittle. And I think that's a bit of a factor when it comes to talking about the results of tight end. But that being said, in terms of their skill set and their overall value, I think these two are so remarkably close. Like if you go back and watch the uh, the Super Bowl 
the highlight tape of the Super Bowl last year between the Chiefs and the 49ers. Both Kittle and Kelsey are just absolutely ridiculous. Like, these guys are monsters, and they play such a huge role in their offense, and I think that um, that, uh, that role uh, demonstrates why they're so, so, so high on our tight end list. And it's a role that doesn't necessarily hit the stat sheet, which is something that a lot of tight ends kind of have because they have to block what I want to talk about was in the uh, no in the Super Bowl, the, those those two guys were relatively quiet on the stat sheet, if I remember correctly. George Kittle had a few big targets that didn't really land, including that offensive pass interference call, which, in my opinion, was a good call. He did push off on Sorensen. However, a lot of people yep. disagreed. Um, but that's neither here nor there. What is here or there is that these two guys are monsters that are incredibly difficult to take down. And you see that when they have the ball, like George Kittle against the Saints. I was watching that game live, and my God, I, I was out of my chair by the end of that. He's a... Uh, yeah. He won them that game. The guy's that, elite. Yeah, speaking yeah, of appreciate. elite, the other guy that I had in mind when we were talking about elite tight ends is Zach Ertz. And he, unlike the other guys that we have up here, uh, he has a backup. Dallas Goddard could start on a lot of teams. He's really good. He can catch passes, and he's a pretty good blocker too. He's just not Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is, besides Tony Gonzalez, the only tight end in history to you know, have as many catches. Okay, I, I started that wrong, but he's had a lot. He's I think he's has the most catches in a season for a tight end ever. In that season, they won the Super Bowl. He's He is a target monster, and Carson Wentz loves him, as he should. And Dallas Goddard is also a guy that can be that Zach Ertz. Maybe not as good as, of a pass catcher, but very adept as, as an athlete. And unlike the two guys we mentioned before, Ertz played really well in his Super Bowl and hit the, hit the stat sheet up. Yeah. For sure. Again, um, I think Zach Ertz is in that uh, is in that really good tight end group of like uh, like four, three or four tight ends, which kind of really separate themselves from the rest of the position. And yeah, as you mentioned, Goddard's a is a really good backup uh, if something should happen to Ertz. But that being said, I mean, the fact that they have Ertz kind of just already cements the Eagles in the top five or top four. Absolutely. And uh, these these top four teams are teams that have elite tight ends as well as guys behind yeah. them. But uh, the guy the the teams coming down on this list as we go down, they aren't elite, but they're very good, and they have great committees. And that's that's something that also can yeah. kind of set you apart depending on how they're used. For example, you have the Baltimore Ravens at number six. They know how to use their tight ends. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that uses their tight ends yeah. the way that the Ravens as effective as the Ravens do as which I, I love personally. The reason I don't have them at six, like you do, I have them at seven is because they did trade away Hayden Hurst, who was a good block. Right. Yes. Probably one of their better blocking tight ends. I think Nick Boyle was a slightly better blocker. Uh, Hayden Hurst was more of a route runner despite him having butterfingers. So I'm not too upset that he's the one that goes. We, were, we, we used a first-round pick on him, got a second-round pick out of it. I'm okay with that. But Mark Andrews is the real deal. Without a doubt, Mark Andrews is the real deal. Nick Boyle can block and can catch sometimes. It'll help. But I don't see them being better than the Vikings, who have Kyle Rudolph, who's an established great tight end, who 
helped put away the Saints last year for the second time, which I'm very happy about. I like that. And Irv Smith Jr., who they drafted in the second round last year in a pretty good tight end class. He's looking pretty good. So I'm I I like what the Vikings have, and I think in the in the new in the new Gary Kubiak system they'll they'll be a lot more used. The Vikings, to me, um, I like Kyle Rudolph a lot. I think I, I think a couple of years ago I had this guy as one of the most underrated. Again, here it is, here it is again. I thought he was one of the most underrated tight ends at the position. Uh, I thought he was really outstanding. I thought he was what the Vikings needed. But I think um, I just like uh, Mark and uh, Mark Andrews and the Ravens a bit more than uh, Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings. But that being said, to me, they're 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 about interchangeable. Um, and as you mentioned, the Ravens really know how to use their tight ends. Like I think last year they were one of the only teams to roll out three tight ends on a, on a, on the field in some plays. And to me, that was just um, it was it was a very interesting take on it. And it obviously did wonders for their offense. I mean, just look at how well the Ravens did last year. So I mean, that also plays a huge part into it. But um, in terms of the talent, I still think the Ravens are a bit better. But to me, they're basically interchangeable. That's fair. And you bring up underrated tight ends well i think an underrated tight end his name is austin hooper he's now on the cleveland browns and him and david yes, and joku together definitely makes them the number five tight end group in the mm-hmm. league in my opinion yeah. and in your opinion as well i don't really mm-hmm. i think austin hooper can do everything really well he's not he's not that in that elite group but i think he's just under it maybe in the, the second or third tier i think that's where he is and i think he'll help Yep. David Njoku take a little bit of the pressure off him because he hasn't performed the way he's needed to. And now here you are as the Cleveland Browns being in the top 10 in running backs and in wide receivers. And now here you are in the tight ends. So the Browns did such a good job in the offseason bringing in Austin Hooper. I liked Njoku even before they got Austin Hooper. Maybe not in the top 10, but definitely uh, within the last next couple of picks after that. But I think bringing in Hooper really just solidifies a solidifies the Browns tight end group. Um, the Browns don't really have that many weaknesses on offense, even before they got this guy. But I think the tight end position was one of their more shallow positions last year. Like they didn't really have anyone to really come in and play them formidably. But I think now that they have Austin Hooper, this team's going to be a juggernaut going forward. Like it's, um, but yeah, I think Austin Hooper was a really good pickup to help really solidify that tight end group. Yeah, this this Browns offense honestly kind of looks like an all Madden team. It looks like a fantasy team a little bit. Literally, yeah, yeah. literally. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how badly they lose to the Ravens twice a year. Um, yeah. They'll kill the Steelers though, and I'm happy about that. Just like Miles Garrett basically murdered oh, okay. Mason Rudolph on screen. Okay, 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 good. Hey, he was just helping him put his helmet back on. Yeah, sure. Uh, Hunter Henry is unbelievable. I had him on my fantasy tam- team last year. Oh boy, mm-hmm. that guy's so good. He is he is a top five tight end in the NFL. He's up there with Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and Gronkowski. He's number five. He is better than Mark Andrews, I think. Mark Andrews is number six for me. That's my that's my order. He's so good. And I don't care who they have as a backup. Virgil Green has been a starter before in Pittsburgh. But it's 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 Hunter Henry's show and he he gets used so well. Yeah. Uh again, I have Hunter Henry in the uh Kyle Rudolph 
field of underrated tight ends. I think uh, especially with potentially Justin Herbert coming in and running the offense, um, I think that uh, Hunter Henry is going to be in for potentially another big year with this. With the, uh, I think that's really all, all you need to say about him. He's an extremely talented tight end who fits really well in the Chargers system. And uh, yeah, I think that's really all you see. I think it's really all you really need to say about the guy. I think the Chargers have a lot of really good offensive weapons. And I think he's just another uh, really good weapon in that uh, in that arsenal. Agreed. And uh, speaking of underrated tight ends again. Eric Ebron is here with the Steelers at number 10. I don't yep. know how they're going to use yep. him, but what we do know is that he can play, as we saw in mm-hmm. Indy two years ago when he made the Pro Bowl, and last year he had a down year, but that was still a good year. So Eric Ebron can do it, and Vance McDonald is a monster. Vance McDonald is an yep. absolute monster. Picture George Kittle, but not as fast and not as good of a pass catcher. That's Vance McDonald. And... You know, it's kind of funny that the 49ers moved from Vance McDonald to George Kittle, which is just a gigantic upgrade of the same skill set in the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I I like it. I like that the Steelers have both of these guys, a, guy's like a guy that can catch passes and a guy that's more of a blocker. I like that. These guys yeah. will be used really well in the, off, in the Steelers' offense that I think will be pretty stagnant and won't be very fast-moving. Yeah. Uh, again, I agree with everything you said. Uh, Ebron and Vince McDonald, they have very complementary skill sets in the sense they don't really do the same thing. I think that each does their own thing, and I think it really complements the Steelers really well. And then just to finish off our list, I had the Bills at 10, and you had the Bears at 9. Um, I'll just quickly give a quick explanation of why I have uh, the Bills at number 10. And it's not really that complicated. It's just I want to talk about Dawson Knox a little bit. Uh, Dawson Knox is coming to a sophomore season, uh, and I just thought watching the Bills last year, Dawson Knox had had showed some really, really, really good upside. I think he has a lot of potential going forward, and I just think in that system with Josh Allen and the, all the players you mentioned in previous segments, like Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Devin Singletary, hopefully taking another step forward. I think that this offense just the ceilings the like the sky's the limit for this offense, and I think Dawson Knox is going to be another beneficiary of um, more additions to this team. You were about to say the ceiling's the limit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you were about to I say that. Uh, that. That would have been pretty bad. Yeah. That would have been very counterintuitive, uh, um, contradictory. Yeah. Although I will say that um, having more weapons around in the Bills' offense will give Dawson Knox more of a chance to use his skill set to his potential, which he wasn't really able to do last year. I didn't put him on my top yeah. 10. I had him in an honor as an honorable just because he had half a season of playing well, whereas you have guys above him, like with the Steelers having Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald, who have had mm-hmm. full years of playing well. And I have the Bears above them because they have Jimmy Graham, and they drafted Cole Komet in the second round. And they have a lot of tight ends on their roster. An excessive amount of tight ends, I would say. But the ones that they have are very good. Jimmy Graham has won a Super Bowl. He knows what he's doing. And he's been very productive for the last few years. Sure, he has declined a little bit. But here he is. I think he's still a very good tight end. And he's going to be able to bring Cole Komet into this upper echelon of tight ends. Being he was the, the highest ranked one in the draft this year. So I have the Bears a little high because I think they have a little bit more upside with Cole Komet, and they have more than one good one 
whereas the Bills have Tyler Croft, and I don't really know much about him. But he's, I don't know if the upside is there the way it is with the Bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I like them. I, I like all the players you just mentioned. I just, again, like I mentioned, I value the Bills a bit better, a bit more. Um, and just to go into our honorable mentions, I'll take the Raiders. Uh, just because, sorry, I'll just talk about the Raiders a little bit because they're, I mean, I, I probably know them better than you do. But uh, Darren Waller, uh, probably one of the best stories last year coming back from his addiction problems and just his, uh, he had a really good year last year. He really kind of had a breakout season for, uh, for just – he had a really good breakout season. Uh, hopefully, he only continues to go upwards and only gets better. And then they also brought in Jason Witten. Uh, Jason Witten's – again, he's not in his prime anymore, nor near that, probably closer towards the end of his career. But uh, I still think he has some – he still has some left in the tank, something to prove. And I think that the Raiders is, are a pretty good system for him, for someone who can uh, – who's probably going to be more of a blocking tight end than a catcher like Darren Waller, but kind of similar to Steelers. I think that those two uh, traits kind of complement each other really well. Yeah, and they just drafted Foster Moreau in, I think, the fourth round, third round, something like that. So they have another tight end just to add a little depth so that can help them. And with the Giants, Evan Engram has a special place in my heart because he was on that team. That fantasy team that won me that championship, he was there. I remember. I actually picked him up on the waiver wire, so that's why it was extra special for me. I just didn't bother drafting a tight end. Well, actually, I did. I think it was Kyle Rudolph. I think it was Kyle Rudolph. But once I got mm. anger, I just I just buried Kyle Rudolph on the bench. Didn't didn't play him again. So it was something like that. And uh, Evan Engram is a very good a very talented player he's not necessarily used the right way in new york but i think having more weapons on the side on the uh, outsides will help evan engram get used right and with uh, daniel jones progressing as a player i think that'll help with him a lot and yeah that's i think that's all we've got for tight end Next episode, we're getting something a little bit less exciting with offensive line, but uh, uh, it'll still be exciting. Uh,